Are you a tree care professional looking to take your business to the next level? Then the Executive Arborist Workshop hosted by TCIA is just what you need. Our workshops provide a unique opportunity for you to learn from other business owners, improve your skills, and cultivate a safety culture that is second to none. Join us in Charleston, South Carolina from May 1st to the 3rd to learn how to grow your business and level up your skills, or join us in San Diego, California from August 7th through the 9th to hear from top safety professionals about how you can improve your business. This is a chance for you to take your business to the next level and make it more profitable, so don't wait. Visit our website at eaw.tcia.org to learn more and to register today. We all know the tree care industry faces unique hazards every day. That's why the Tree Care Industry Association Foundation is on a mission to advance safety in our field. Our goal? To ensure everyone has the knowledge, education, and training they need to stay safe on the job. Through our Arborist Safety Training Institute, we offer a variety of safety training programs that help minimize risk and save lives. But we can't do it alone. We need your support to make a real impact. Become an advocate for tree care safety today. Visit www.tciaf.org to learn more about the TCIA Foundation and how you can get involved. Together, you can create a safer future for the tree care industry. My name is Amy Tatro, and I am the Executive Vice President at TCIA. Um, this is a new role for me, and essentially what it means is keeping tabs on sort of the day-to-day operations and making sure that we're all sort of moving together cohesively towards all of our goals in the one-year plan primarily. Yeah, thank you. And that's an ambitious goal and an <laughs> ambitious role. Um uh, how did you get roped into it, I guess, is the, for lack of better terminology? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> um, let's see. I guess I would say that as a leadership team over the past you know, few years, especially post-COVID, we've realized that we have some pretty ambitious goals in the 10-year um, picture and in the three-year plan. And then also in the one-year plan, there's a lot of things that we want to achieve. And as our staff sort of starts to grow, everybody is moving in a million different directions at any given moment. And we're all really, really excellent at our jobs and we're doing a lot. And it just started to become apparent to the leadership team that um, we were moving forward, but maybe not as efficiently as possible. So we started to discuss whether it made sense to move forward with an integrator. Um, And let me sort of step back. And for those of you who are familiar with the um, EOS sort of world, um, an integrator is somebody in the organization who is, again, that day-to-day person, is a tiebreaker, who helps make sure that the visionary is able to focus on the big picture and that there is somebody who's accountable for all of the sort of day-to-day tasks. As the leadership team, we knew that we had a visionary in Dave, the you know strategy, big picture, great ideas, all of that sort of stuff. And we realized that we really needed an integrator. We needed somebody that was, um, you know, detail oriented, um, familiar with 
TCIA and Concord sort of help Dave get those big picture items into execution. Um, so as we sort of started to realize that we needed that person, sort of stepped into that space a little bit more. I think my tenure at TCA, my um, aggressive <laughs> need to focus on details um, sort of started to shine through. And we made the decision to try this on for size um, with me as the executive vice president, aka the integrator in uh, EOS terminology, if you will. Yeah, thank you. And that is a lot. It's a lot, you know, to, to for us to process and a lot for you to obviously take on and do. Um, and you were talking goals. And I think for TCIA as a whole, and I think one thing that we we talk about, you know, we just got back from WMC and we talk about our goals at WMC and, you know, what we hope for our three-year plan and our 10-year or three-year goals and 10-year goals. But kind of along the lines of EOS terminology, I don't think everybody understands, you know, what we mean by a goal. So yeah. Uh, I guess it, for, for everybody else who you know may not be familiar with EOS, what is a three-year goal and what is a 10-year goal? Yeah, really great question, Joe. So in EOS and the way we sort of tackle it at TCI is that we have like a 10-year picture or a 10-year big, hairy, audacious goal, like a BHAG. Um, where do we want to be in 10 years? Do we want to have, you know, change the entire face of the industry? Okay, Cool. In order to achieve that big, hairy, audacious goal in 10 years, what do we need to do in three years? Like, right, you, you look at the goal and then you back it up. You back it up, you back it up until you get to something actionable. And that's where sort of the three-year picture comes into place. If we want to be here in 10 years, what does that mean in three years? So, again, still some pretty big substantial goals, but a little bit more actionable. And then you want to back it up even further. And what does that mean for this year? If I want to be, you know, all the way over here in 10 years, where do I need to be in three years? And then really, what do I need to accomplish in the next year so that in three years I've achieved a chunk of that goal so that in 10 years I've like hit the nail on the head and, and totally scored. And, you know, that 10 year big, hairy, audacious goal is done. Right. So really where I focus as the integrator is that one year plan. Um, so it's a matter of breaking up big picture goals into more actionable tasks, I guess, if you will. I'm going to pause there and make sure that that makes sense, Joe. It makes sense for me because I work <laughs> at TCIA and I understand you know, the purpose of your role and our goals yeah. and all that stuff. But, you know, really, why does it matter for people outside of the organization what our goals are? And, you, you know, like, because yeah. I think back to WMC, like we just kind of toss the numbers out in our in our annual meeting, you know, recap where it's, you know, here's how many new members we have. Here's how much we've engaged, um, you, you know, and not that this episode's not just to pat you on the back for your new role, but it's also to try to explain out, uh, you know, in these kind of one year small uh you know, integrator terms, what we're doing at TCA and why does it matter to, you know, everybody else? Yeah, that's a really great question. So let me see if I can, I'm looking at my notes here because I don't want to speak incorrectly. So let me see if I can give you sort of a tangible example, right? So the 10 year goal for TCIA is to be the essential resource for 6,000 successful tree care businesses. That's where we want to be in 10 years, right? So the three year vision on that 
has a number of different um, goals that will help us become the essential business resource. For example, one would be, quote unquote, all training courses are offered online through company training portals. So from where we stand, in order to be the essential resource for 6,000 successful tree care businesses, we realized that we need to offer online training, right? And when we built that, we did not have online training. So the 10-year goal, be the essential business. How are we going to get there? You know what? We need to take all of our print manuals and we need to get them online. That will help us become an essential resource for tree care businesses. So that was, again, step one, 10-year, step two, three-year. So what does that mean for the one-year plan, right? So again, offering all training programs online is like a pretty a pretty heavy lift, right? That's a lot of content, a lot of technology, a lot of um, bandwidth. So the way that we broke it up for this year is that the member company training portal system is built, tested, and successfully piloted with a certain number of small companies and large companies so that it's ready for complete sales and marketing in fiscal year 2024. God, that sounds nerdy, right? Like, it just sounds super, super nerdy. But here's why that's important, not only for internal TCIS staff, but for our members, right? Is that, as I said, it's a pretty heavy lift. Take all print training, put it online. That's a massive three-year goal. In order to do that really, really well and efficiently, we need to make sure that that transition not only works for the internal staff, but for the external um, members, right? So internally, we want to pilot it. We want to make sure that everything that we're putting online not only um, is the best content, is the best technology, but also that it works um, within our own databases, within our own um, financial reporting system, within our own sort of structure, so that all of the different teams at TCIA who work with the online training and the online portal system, they're working as efficiently as possible, right? An example would be, right, like if it wasn't working for our finance team, then that's going to cause problems for our members down the road financially if they can't get their invoice or it's mailed the wrong place. We want to get all of our ducks in a row internally so that we are moving forward quickly, efficiently, um, and everything streamlined. That obviously then just hits the members, right? Again, if it works internally and we know what we're doing and everything's smooth, then when our members log on, not only are they getting great content, great technology, but our process of walking them through, you know, online training, online portals is also smooth. So that's why, again, 10-year, you know, audacious goal, we want to be the essential resource. What does that mean? In three years, all of our training needs to be online. What does that mean this year? we need to make sure that our online training is tested, piloted, and working really, really well before we release it to the masses. Does that clarify, Joe? Is that still super nerdy? And sort I mean, of, it, um... it's super nerdy. Let's be honest <laughs> about that. But, but you know, um, like you're saying, if it doesn't work for us, it won't work for the members. I think probably our most recent example of that is having to shut down the office for a couple of days to do our own backend system update, which is part of the one-year plan to get us to the three-year plan to get us to the 10-year plan. Correct. Um, I just think, you know, we, we talk about it internally all the time. Like this is what we're, we're doing out. And 
you know, really the only time we talk with our, our members about this kind of stuff is after uh, WMC when they get to see the annual meeting go through and they kind of get a, a little bit of a glimpse into a future. Um, so I know sometimes it must seem like, what is TCIA doing? You know, this is the only update that they, they give once a year, but really, you know, these goals are, they're rolling goals. They're not just like Correct. we have a date on them. And then once that's done, it's, you know, years change. It's, you know, they're constantly being updated and flowing. And, you know, I think part of the reason we don't give more than a update once a year is because we couldn't with how much stuff that we update and we look at on, you know, just the, the one year plan, Never mind looking for three years and 10 years and trying to, to manage what a trend is going to be today versus what it's going to be three years from now. Right. Well, exactly. And like you said, it's kind of boring, right? Like <laughs> The members don't really need to know that if we want to get to this, you know, sort of, if we want to do this to CTSP, these are the changes that we want to make. It's boring as hell to be like, okay, but here's what finance needs as far as, you know, their checklist of things in order to make it work, right? Members don't care about that, um, but it's important to TCIA staff because if we can do it right internally, then that creates a better experience for our members. Yeah. And and part of our goal that we always have is that we look for more engaged members, you know, kind of as an every year thing, we're always looking for more. And, you know, we talk about the the goals and the real back end stuff of it not mattering to members. But what is the point of us having engaged members if it's not to engage with things like, you know, these weird back end stuff? It's solely to engage with TCIAs as a whole and this isn't meant to be like a let's let's call you out and figure out what an engaged member is but you know like the dictionary definition term but what is what is our purpose of having engaged members versus what we consider unengaged members right did you ever like in middle school or high school when you had to write like a term paper about a specific thing right like at the top per the dictionary this is exactly what that term means Mm. right Mm -hmm. so let's see if we can kind of um not do that but like you said explain not what engagement is, but why it's important. So I think it would be really easy for TCIA to say, we want this number of members and we always want more and more members, right? Like that's a pretty sort of clear cut, smart goal, X number of members. But like why, what numbers for the sake of numbers? Um, And at least for me, I'm really sort of uninterested in the numbers game part of it. Um, I mean, obviously we want every two care company to be a member. We would love people to be um, a part of our organization and use our materials um, and advance their tree care business through becoming a TCIA member. That's that's a beautiful, wonderful dream, right? But also personally, I feel like it's more valuable to have members who are committed to the tree care industry and committed to their own growth and the growth of our organization, right? So instead of focusing on acquiring more and more members for the sake of numbers, right? We really want to focus on deepening the experience of the members that we have, engaging with them, having them engage with us. The more members that participate in TCIA, like the more that company X participates the more value they receive, right? The more they engage with us, the more they get from us. It's that reciprocal sort of back and forth. 
and the more they get from us, the more they can contribute to the industry, the safer they'll make it, the more professional they'll make it, right? So if company X chooses to engage with TCIA through three or four different channels, they are advancing their tree care business, which helps them, which is great. But, you know, the sneaky little undertone there is that then they're also helping the entire industry. They're making their um, crew members more safe. They're making them more professional. Um, They're elevating the standard, essentially, which is really what we as an organization want. You know, a rising tide raises all ships. So from my personal perspective, again, the number of members is maybe not where it's at but number of engaged members, because that shows that we are helping those members advance their business. And then in turn, we're all helping the industry rise above. Yeah. And with that too, the engagement and how we track engagement, it's, you know, attending different education, it's coming to Expo or WMC, you know, it's purchasing products. And I think, you know, in addition to helping the industry as a whole, part of the content that they engage with is what we then focus on in the future, which is also why we look for that engagement stuff. I didn't know how a trade association worked before I got at TCA. I still don't think I'm hundred percent confident in knowing how it works, but it is interesting because as an organization and even, you know, for something as small like this as the podcast stuff, we really have to look into what people are engaging with most. And that's kind of what gets focused obviously on a, leadership level, it's not as easy as just finding one topic and running with it. So I guess really when you create these goals, do you take the the engagement of members into effect before or is because, right, let me back up because looking at our goals, we have the, um, you know, we want 1200 engaged members mm-hmm. um, as part of one of our goals. But then, you know, in addition to the other goals, it's, you know, moving training online and stuff like that. Did having that number of engaged members affect the moving education online or like vice versa? You know what I mean? Is there a cause and effect? Hmm. Interesting question. And I don't know if I can speak to that specifically, um, that specific example, just because that's outside of my specific team. I don't think that they are that in that example, I don't think they're as interwoven as Maybe you think, let me back up there. Let me think about that for a second, Joe. I guess probably a better one that would deal more with your team is the engaged members and then the attendee numbers at an event like uh, TCI Expo, right? So when we make these, you know, big expo goals, are we taking in our engagement numbers of, you know, our members into effect or we, you you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that the engagement score, let me see if I can, if I can answer your question. If I don't, let me know. I think the engagement score as part of making our goals, like a building out our one-year plan, is one factor. I don't think it's the end-all be-all, but I do think it has influence. Again, so if you're you know, talking about building out Expo, we do want to see how many of our corporate members are engaged in Expo as exhibitors, how many of them are sponsoring so that we can start to see trends, right? But we would couple that with, you know, anecdotal feedback, survey results. I think that there's a number of ways that we can use the data that we have to influence and build out the one-year plan, the three-year picture, the 10-year goal. Does that answer your question? Yeah. You know, we don't obviously have to go super deep into it, but it really is like peeling back the layers on what 
TCIA is doing kind of behind the scenes. I know, you know, when we do WMC and we do the annual meeting, it's really the warm and fuzzy overview. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, it's not full of the, the technical nerdy stuff that is, you know, the, the stuff that's more difficult to grasp because I can only imagine at 8 a.m. that's the first thing people don't want to hear is the actual technical things going on behind the scenes. But I think it is important right. because, you know, it does affect each of our, our day-to-day runnings from a leadership level all the way down. Um, just because we're all focused in on those and that's kind of, you know, our, our yearly goals are yearly goals. That's what our, our target is at for, for everybody on the staff. And, and part of getting those yearly goals is the work of all the staff. And we have our core values and the board of directors has their core values. How are these core values determined and why do they, they matter, right? Why aren't they just some fluffy piece of paper we have in the break room just to make us all happy and say, hooray. (laughs) Hooray. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when we first moved to EOS X number of years ago at this point, pre pre COVID um, in the before times, if you will, um, part of the EOS process is defining your, your core values, right? So how they sort of came to be is that we spent a very long period of time as a leadership team going through each of the EOS modules and sort of really diving in. So nothing super fancy here on how we did it. We led a pretty robust discussion as a leadership team around what we wanted our core values to be. Um, And the way that we did that is that we looked at the staff that we had um, because we have a really, really dynamic staff and they're great. And we said, okay, what makes us different? What are the, the things about the, you know, our top performers that set us apart? Right. So if we're, if we're having that discussion and we're saying like, okay, well, Joe, Joe's a super high performer. What makes him such a high performer? And then we talk about it and we say, you know what, actually, One really great thing about Joe is that he's a team player. He talks to everybody in the organization and he's always willing to, you know, engage with others, um, ask questions, point people in the direction of other team members to have conversations. Um, Culturally, he'll bring everybody together to sort of, um, you know, have fun or do something a little bit different. So really what, what sets Joe apart is the fact that he's a team player. One of our core values should be team player. So that's sort of how how they came to be. We looked at our staff and, and where we were executing really highly, and we built those core values around around those um, characteristics. That's sort of it. And why it's important, because all the nerdy stuff that we've been talking about for the last half hour, like how we manage our tasks, how we do our database, all of sort of that boring stuff that like maybe not everybody super wants to know about that's important but really at the core of all of this from again my perspective um are our people if we don't have our people then we don't really have anything right like tasks are tasks are tasks but if you have a really engaged staff who's passionate about what they do and likes the work um, and gets along that's where the magic happens. That's where it all starts to come together. Right. And so we really, you know, put our money where our mouth is, in my opinion, as far as our core values, when we do our quarterly reviews, when we do any sort of discussion with our team members, we go through, what do you think your 
core values are? Do you think that you're living up to, you know, being a team player, being adaptable? Give me some examples. And then likewise, the team leader would do the same thing. Um, so again, if, if Joe, if you and I were doing a discussion, if this was our quarterly review and we were like, hey, what did you do this, this last quarter? That was really, really great. We talk about that. And then we talk about the core values. That's an entire section, right? Where we say like, hey, here are our five core values. Here's how I see you living up to them. Or on the flip, here's how I don't, I see that you're not living up to them. Here's an example of a moment where maybe you weren't a team player. That's okay. But our, our core values, our people and how we treat each other are really important to us. And we want to use those core values to guide any and all discussions that we have as they relate to people. Let me hit pause there and see if that lands for you, Joe. Yeah. I mean, as somebody who's, who's lived it for the last couple of years, this makes perfect sense. I think to your point though, like it's really easy to just put like, be a nice person <laughs> like on the wall and be like, and then like call it a day. Like that's our core value. It's written down on a fancy script on the wall over there. That would be a really easy way to say you have core values. I think the way that we live them is through embedding it into sort of our day to day, into our quarterly discussions, into our staff meetings, into our shout outs. You know, we do every department meeting that we have, we have people headlines. Again, if you're familiar with EOS, where we shout out team members for great things that they did and they're based upon the core values, you know? So again, um, Joe, just giving you all the shout outs today. You're just getting all the people headlines and all the kind words, right? Where we can say, you know, last week I um, had an issue um, and I couldn't get something done. And I really needed Joe to flip around his schedule and provide some support to me on a project. And so my headline is adaptable. Last week, Joe was super adaptable. And this is what that meant for me in my project. So really like infusing those core values into everything that we do. We live by it. It's not just, you know, words on a wall. I'm going to have this highlight reel just playing at my desk, though, just to let you know with all the, all the <laughs> I'll things. I'll just be your, your personal hype woman. How's mm-hmm. that? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, so continuing our theme of, you know, trying to be transparent on the back end of TCIA, even though it's kind of the, the nerdy stuff, what's the rest of this year's this year's goals for TCA? I mean, we run off of a, a fiscal year, not a calendar year, which our starts in September. So we're actually in quarter three of our fiscal year now. Yeah. Starting March 1st. So um, we're kind of wrapping up this year's goal. So I guess for the rest of our fiscal year, what, what are we still looking to accomplish? What are we focusing on? Really, really great question. Let me do some of the, again, maybe really boring stuff first. Um, We just upgraded our database again, behind the scenes. Most people don't care. Um, except for the fact that, you know, for that short period of time, we were offline and folks couldn't access um, their systems. But we overhauled our entire database, which was critical and needed to happen. So that is um, done. And now we're starting to, you know, fine tune it. So that was a pretty big heavy lift for the first half of the year. And now the second half of the year is like tweaking it all, making sure it's all running as smoothly as we intended, troubleshooting anything that maybe wasn't working the way that we wanted it to. That's going to be a pretty big um, lift. There's a bunch of IT stuff that we have to do behind the scenes. Eh, eh. We don't need to talk about any of that, right? For our business team for the rest of the year, Executive Arborist Workshop um, is coming up. We're making some tweaks to that. So um, 
we're redesigning some of the way that we do EAW to better serve the needs of our members. This is going to be a really robust business conference. So the second half of the year, a lot of the focus for the events team and some of those folks is going to be on EAW. We also are really focusing on some mapping out some pretty big um, changes that will probably go into effect next year. So for example, our tree care careers plan, for lack of a better term, I mean, we've always had apprenticeship, we've always had student career days, we've had women in tree care, we have all of these like really great programs. But this past year, we hired um, Aaron Demers, one person who is now accountable for everything that sort of lives in that tree care careers world, right? So her goal for this year is to start to understand what all of those are, and build out a comprehensive recruitment and retention plan that's inclusive of all of those things. So again, a little bit boring, but acknowledging that if you get it on paper and you get it planned out, the likelihood that it's going to get done is so much higher. So business-wise, a lot of what we're doing is understanding tree care careers, understanding um, our business solutions team is sort of doing the same thing, really planning out what our um, peer-to-peer network is going to look like, what that growth means, um, our mentoring, um, 401k, all of those business solutions, things that we've been offering to our members for a long time, getting a really clear plan down on paper. So again, business solutions is going to be focusing on, or excuse me, the business team is going to be focusing on business solutions plan, a career, um, tree care careers plan, and then also the executive arborist workshop, or sorry, probably some of the pretty heavy lifts. Um, which is super exciting for our members in you know the next fiscal year. We'll have a really clear plan in place. Everybody will be on the same page. So then when we're ready to hit the ground running, members will be stoked with what we're able to offer them because we've spent the time to map it out. What else we got going on here? Um, obviously, online training, which you know Dave talked about in the annual meeting, um, in which I briefly alluded to earlier, right? Again, there's a number of elements that we're still working on behind the scenes. And I envision that in the next year, all of that behind the scenes work, um, getting our ducks in a row will be in place. So um, members will be able to take advantage of online training in the future um, smoothly in a streamlined way, which is, you know, awesome. Let's see what else we got going on here. I mean, all that sort of stuff that folks know about. We have the Susan Harwood grant. So we're executing on all of those workshops, right? The TCIA trainer qualification course. We offered that twice already this year. So continuing down that path for the remainder of the year and executing on those pretty pretty big programs that we've been doing. Um, let's see. Here's a, here's a big one for you, Joe, from, from your perspective, right? Don't say it. TCIA.org. Yeah. Woo. You want to speak to that? Uh, I've not been involved heavily in on that one. I know the team is working hard on revamping the entirety of TCIA.org to make it a more modern uh, 2023 appropriate site versus the one that we had beforehand. So um, they've been working hard since the beginning of this fiscal year. So since since September, really, at this point now. So Mm -hmm. um, the amount of work that they put in is staggering between all the other work that they've done. Uh, you know, our web designers putting too many hours probably onto this just one site to try to get everything to be, like you said, seamless with education and everything else. Yeah, that to me is a pretty big one um, for the remainder of the year. That's a, that's something long overdue 
um, something that's exciting and something that takes, again, the full scope of the staff to make that happen. You can't just, you know, flip a switch and have a new website. You need to make sure that the information that you're putting up there is accurate, that it's designed aesthetically. Everybody at TCI has to come together to make that happen. Um, so that's a pretty big um, second half of the year finishing up project um, that I'm looking forward to within the one-year plan. There's a number of other things behind the scenes, again, um, filling seats, you know, hiring staff members, um, boring stuff that I want to get too deep into. I think the second half of the year, what members should be looking for is um, ideally a more streamlined system when they log into their accounts online because of our new IMAS upgrade. Um, some pretty robust plans around business solutions, tree care careers plan, um, EAWs coming up in the second half of the year. If I were a member, I would really be looking forward to those conferences. I would also, if I was a member, start to wrap my brain around online training and what that means for the future, maybe, you know, 2024 or so. Susan Harwood grants, if you haven't, um, you know, explored that or ASTI grants, I would recommend that members sort of check those out. Um, and then again, we'll wrap it up with uh, the TCI.org relaunch. That's not all of the things that we as a staff are working on. The one-year plan is pretty robust. Um, there's a lot of elements, but those are sort of um, I, hopefully the least boring and just some of the highlights to to point out. Yeah, and I also just want to point out, too, that you didn't ask to do this podcast. I asked you to do it um, <laughs> because, well, because I think the transparency and just the explanation of all these topics is important because we touch base on them pretty quick and we kind of have this expectation and not in a bad way, but we've been working on these for the last, you know, six months at this point. Of mm -hmm. course, everybody's going to know about them on staff where um, sometimes in our eagerness, we, you know, when we get to WMC, we are like, oh, we have the annual meeting. We've communicated out, not kind of realizing we've only communicated out the past fiscal year, not the present fiscal year. By the time WMC rolls them out is, you know, halfway done. So uh, I personally just think it's important to have that level of transparency uh, and to let people know what, what we're doing as an organization and why what we're doing matters. Joe, you said the magic word. <laughs> transparency is like my favorite favorite word. Um, I love it. And I love that you have asked me to be a part of this discussion and a part of this podcast, because I agree. I love to kind of know what's going on behind the scenes of the organizations that I'm a member of or, or that I work with. I want to know the details. That's sort of, sort of my jam. So I definitely see the value in it. I think I just also acknowledge that like Maybe compared to, um, you know, climbing discussions or, or Mark Chisholm or Krista Stratting talking about, you know, climbing the redwoods. This is like maybe not the world's most exciting, but, you know, we've all got our place in the world. Well, I appreciate it still, regardless of whether it's climbing contest related or not. But I also want to give you just, you know, one more opportunity as we wrap things up. Is there anything else that you'd like to say or talk about uh, that we haven't had a chance to yet? I guess I would just say one of the things that I really like about EOS and about a lot of the changes that we are implementing or have implemented at TCIA is sort of twofold. Um, number one, the 
phrase that I really like here, apart from the phrase or the word transparency, is um, the idea of doing less better, right? I think that as an ex- as an organization, we continue to grow, and there's so many of us. Just like how we started this conversation, we're all moving so fast and doing so much good um, that we recently, you know, kind of decided that we need to step back and slow it down. Um, still do a lot of the things, but really chunk it up into actionable, tangible um, projects. Again, another reason why we have the one-year plan, because if you just look at the 10-year goal and say like, in 10 years, we want to be the essential resource for 6,000 tree care businesses, that can be overwhelming, right? And then you're just throwing spaghetti at the wall and trying to figure out how to make that happen. But again, the benefit of EOS and the one-year plan is if you're walking it back and you can say, you know what, in the next year, these are really specific, actionable projects that I need to complete in order to achieve that goal. So it's a little bit of, you know, do less better. We're not going to launch this entire brand new initiative in the next year. We're going to focus on creating a really solid plan this year and then next year when we launch our ducks will be in a row. And I think that that's something that we as an organization have been learning and continue to sort of learn about. We're so passionate and we're so enthusiastic and we want to do all the things, which is like so great. But in order to do them really well, to best serve our members, I think we have to, you know, go slow to go fast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the TCIA podcast. If you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 